Hello, and welcome to The Advantage Investor, a Raymond James Limited podcast, a podcast that provides perspective for Canadian investors who want to remain knowledgeable, informed, and focused on long-term success. We are recording this on October 27th, 2021. I'm Chris Cooksey from the Raymond James Corporate Communications and Marketing Department. And today we are pleased that Senior Trust Advisor with our Raymond James Trust Company, Damian McGrath, has returned to give us an overview of trusts and how they can be used. Welcome back to the Advantage Investor, Damien. How are you doing today? Thank you, Chris. Very well. Excellent to hear. Um, getting really excited for Halloween. It's coming up, my favorite holiday, and uh, we're actually going to get to participate this year. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, decorating the front of the house on the weekend. <laughs> um, l- let's get right into it. So let's start with the, uh, the million-dollar question, so to speak. Maybe you can just give us an overview on what a trust is. Yeah, sure. So a trust is really a way of holding property um, for for the benefit of another. Um, often they're set up as a way of protection. Uh, so you have beneficiaries that are perhaps entitled to receive some of that those assets and maybe the income from those assets, but don't necessarily have full control of them so they can do what they like with them. Um, typically, you will have a, a trustee Um, who has to act in accordance with guidelines that are set out within the trust document that sets this up, Um, but they must act for the benefit of those beneficiaries and work with those beneficiaries, um, but um, to to protect them from receiving those assets outright. Um, Typically, there's two types, Chris, um, when we're looking at trusts and doing the planning. There are those trusts that are set up um, in a testamentary trust, So they don't come into effect until somebody passes away and they're part of the will. And then you have those trusts that are perhaps set up during lifetime. Uh, We call those intervivors trusts. Um, And, you know, again, they can be set up for protection basis and sometimes uh, for a bit of tax planning and overall planning as well. Okay. So let's uh, maybe zero in a bit here. When should a person consider a testamentary trust? Um, yeah, I, I think it certainly depends on the on the family circumstances and, and what you might want to see happening with your assets when you pass away. Um, but for example, uh, you know, you may have a child who you wouldn't necessarily want to inherit all of your assets uh, in one go. Uh, maybe they're a bit young, or maybe uh, they just wouldn't be able to handle uh, that wealth, or are not quite so financially sophisticated. So you might want to say, well, rather than give everything to you, I'm going to put it in a trust. Uh, maybe that can be paid out to you over a period of time. Um, and so it's there for a longer term benefit rather than uh, something that might get spent uh, pretty quickly. Um, so so I mean, if you don't trust the person, you give them a trust. Is that the way that works? Yeah, I, I, suppose, you could, <laughs> I suppose you could put it that way. And, 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 you know, sometimes it's about sort of planning for, you know, you, you don't want to do I suppose, potential harm to a beneficiary. And you'd you'd be surprised how difficult it can be for a next generation to receive wealth that they're not necessarily used to. And giving them time to adjust to that by using a trust planning is is, is a really good thing. other, you know, and other examples might be, you know, maybe there's a person um, with a disability uh, that would be a beneficiary of an estate. Um, but again, they wouldn't necessarily be able to handle all of those funds. So you want them to be put in a trust so it's there for their benefit. Uh, maybe you might want to be thinking about if I give them all the funds that might affect disability benefits that they get. Um, so you want to structure it in a certain way that they can still have access to those funds and it's still there if they need it, but it's not necessarily affecting the other assistance they would get through through the social platforms. Right, right. 
All right. Uh, what about uh, intervivos or uh, lifetime trusts? How uh, how would those be used? Yeah, and, and I suppose again, there's a, a couple of ways that I often see that split, and there's those sort of personal um, type uh, intervivos trusts, and more maybe the sort of business and tax planning. Um, you know, one of the really common ones with a personal is is called an alter ego trust. Um, it's really only available to Canadians that are over a certain age, over 65. Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually ala- enables you to put assets that you have into the trust. Um, and then that trust document will determine what happens to them when you pass away. Um, one of the benefits of that is that they don't form part of the assets of your estate. So you don't have probate uh, fees to pay. That's often okay. part of that planning. And also, um, you know, in jurisdictions where, you know, estates can be challenged a little bit more through the courts, you're giving a little bit layer of protection um, by putting assets into that trust. So so really, you're saying, I'm not owning this anymore, the trust are owning these assets. Um, but because of the, the particular type of this trust, you're able to move the assets that you own into that trust without really triggering a tax implication. So uh, could you throw like a cottage or a vacation home type thing into that? Is that one way that would be used? Yeah, that, that, that's definitely one way of doing it. And, and, you know, that trust might set out, you know, how that cottage is then going to be dealt with when you pass away. Um, so strictly speaking, if you put a cottage into, a, into an alter ego trust, it's really still your cottage and, you know, you still have the use and benefit of it. Um, but you're saying that when I pass away, the trust then controls what happens to that cottage, whether it goes to children or it's being sold or it's, you know, you can set up that mechanism. So allows you to do a little bit of advanced planning as well. Okay. Now, um, are trusts, are they always about tax? Is that what the main benefit of the trusts are? Or is that one of those things that just people assume, like, I have no idea what it means to write something off uh, other than just saying, oh, just write it off. I don't know what that means. Uh, so tax could be something like that with trusts, but maybe you can just delve into that side of it. Yeah, sure. I mean, the, the, the tax benefits of having a trust have been whittled away over over the last few years, un- unfortunately. Um, I mean, there are still there's still those types of trust where, where maybe there's a business involved and there's a, you know, you're having a corporation and you're having, um, you know, a trust set up that enables you to perhaps pay out income um, or deal with capital within that trust. Um, utilizing beneficiaries, other tax brackets. So it enables you to, to sort of be able to do that. Um, you know, like I say, they're kind of a little bit more limited. Um, personally, I think a lot of the trusts that, that I often deal with, and especially those in a testamentary field or a, or sort of a, a future estate planning, are really more, more about protection okay. and, you know, making things the best you can for the next generation uh, rather than, hey, this is going to be the most tax efficient way of doing it. Okay. Now, um, I would guess that all trusts need some sort of trustee. So who should that trustee be and how, how do you go about that part of it? Yeah, again, depends on all, on all the circumstances and what you're setting up. But, you know, a, a trustee has a, has a job to, like I said before, act in the best interest of the beneficiaries, follow the guidance that's set out in the, in the trust deed, which will may well be what's the terms of what are written in a will or the, or the trust document. Um, there's work they have to do from administration point of view, um, keeping records, keeping accounts, because, of course, that's quite important because mm-hmm. if that child comes along, um, you know, at age 30 and says to the trustee, hey, what, what happened to all the money that was left to me in this trust? <laughs> you know, you've got to be able to account for that. So there's that record keeping side. Um, but also, I think, giving some good thought as to who that trustee is from a point of view of independence. 
um, you know, who would be the person that would be dealing with that child or that disabled person, um, you know, when deciding about what assets should and shouldn't flow through to them. And is that a stress on a family dynamic? If I have a family member, if I have an uncle that's sort of, you know, perhaps looking after that trust um, for for a child, that can be quite stressful. Um, A lot of the times, you know, uh, a good option is to say have someone independent so you can have a trust company. A lot of the clients I work with, Raymond James, would have Raymond James Trust Company to right. be that trustee to look after that trust when they can no longer look after that trust themselves. Okay. Now, in terms of costs when it comes to, like, are trustees paid? Uh, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, I mean a, a trustee is entitled to receive a, a remuneration. Um, what I often sort of see... Um, you know, when it's when it's family or friends or, or, or non-professional trustees, that it's not really set out what that remuneration should be in advance, um, which can cause difficulties when that trustee says, hey, I've spent a lot of time doing this now, I'd like to charge, and, right. and there isn't really a, any parameters set around that. Um, and then I suppose there's that conversation where, you know, what, what people say, well, your family, you, you, you know, why should you charge? You should do right. this sort of stuff right. for free. But of course, nobody understands the work that's involved. Um, of course, if you go for the idea of having a professional trustee, then there are charges that, that relate to that. Um, typically, those charges are based on, um, you know, the amount of the assets that are being managed in that trust. Um, but when in the grand scheme of things, they're, they're, they're pretty small uh, amounts, um, you know, depending again on what it is. But, you know, you're probably zero point something uh, percent um, when working through those trusts and that's for the administration, but also the, the knowledge and the experience of how to sure. run these trusts properly. Cause they might go on for 20 or 30 years. Right. You know, so you have to kind yeah. of make sure that you've got that properly structured. And as you said, you want to attract people who know what they're doing if possible, um, yeah. to avoid any potential issues down the road. Um, I guess we can just end with, you know, trusts can be a very important part of any financial plan or, or legacy plan and that sort of thing. So make sure you're talking to your, to an expert. Um, and as you mentioned, Raymond James Trust uh, Canada and Raymond James Trust Quebec are, are experts in this field. So um, for clients out there, speak with your advisor uh, and uh, someone like Damien can can come aboard and help, uh, help with uh, that difficult, uh, potentially difficult situation. Yeah, definitely. And, and Chris, I find that sort of, you know, the world of trust seems like it's really scary and confusing and, mm. and, and wow, what's all this about? And I don't really understand them. Um, it, it's, it, it, they can be broken down. And really, it's about well, what, what are your wishes? Um, you know, what actually might practically happen? And how do you really want to structure that? And then actually that conversation about, well, a trust might work for this, um, you know, is, is, is one that often comes about. Well, perfect. I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, I'd like to thank you for taking the time, Damien. Uh, we'd like to have you back in the future to uh, keep talking about these important subjects. Um, that you don't see a lot of, you know, advertising or comments about them out there. Very few often, very or not very often do you see even articles in the newspaper on trusts and, and what the sort of the trust side of the business does. So um, these are very well received out there. So thank you very much for joining us and sharing your expertise today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. The Advantage Investor is now on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So please subscribe. And if you would, rate the podcast. Please contact your advisor with any questions you have. As mentioned, uh, Damien is a great resource. And we have other trust advisors across the country to help as well. Um, On behalf of Raymond James and the Advantage Investor podcast, thank you for taking the time to listen today. Until next time, stay well.
This podcast is for informational purposes only. Statistics and factual data and other information are from sources Raymond James Limited believes to be reliable, but their accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Information is furnished on the basis and understanding that Raymond James Limited is to be under no liability whatsoever in respect thereof. It is provided as a general source of information and should not be construed as an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any product and should not be considered tax advice. Raymond James advisors are not tax advisors and we recommend that clients seek independent advice from a professional advisor on tax related matters. Securities related products and services are offered through Raymond James Limited, member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Insurance products and services are offered through Raymond James Financial Planning Limited, which is not a member of Canadian investor protection fund.